you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Tuesday, February 21st, and you're listening to NFL Total Access. The podcast. Those are the voices of today's special guests. Voice number one speaks in three languages, dreams in two colors, the orange and aqua of her beloved Miami Dolphins. She's as good an ambassador for the future of the NFL as you will find, and you can't spell ambassador without badass. And she's one of those too. She's MJ Acosta-Ruiz. Welcome back to the pod, MJ. Can I say badass? We can. We can do whatever we want. I was wondering where it was going. (laughs) Voice number two is a man with a million-dollar arm and a thousand-watt smile. A man who, if he hadn't been drafted number one overall, if he had suffered the momentary disappointment of falling in the draft, he probably would have a couple MVPs and at least one more Super Bowl ring. That's how I see it. He'd never say it, of course, because he is equal parts humility and humanity. He's David Carr. Welcome back to the pod, DC. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. On today's show, can we get a little bit more enthusiasm from David? We'll work on it. Can we get an update on Derek Carr? (laughs) From David Carr, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't try. We'll get there. We will get a ruling on Aaron Rodgers. Is he leaving Green Bay? And if so, is it for another team? Or is he headed for retirement? That's going to come in a section called Hot Take Tuesday. Plus, who is the priority for the New York Giants to sign to a long-term deal? Is it Daniel Jones or is it Saquon Barkley? Because the answer to that question may leave the other person to be, well, it in this costly game of NFL franchise tag. We will also find out what the Chicago Bears should do and possibly will do with that number one overall pick. And it has a giant effect on the future of 
Justin Fields. And that brings us to the significance of this day. Do you feel that breeze, everybody? That's because the franchise tag window is wide open and will remain open until March 7th. Guys, I'm going to take the following language directly from our friend Judy Batista's NFL.com article. Quote, any unrestricted free agent not tagged in this period will be able to sign with any suitor when free agency opens March 15th. Judy reminds us in the way of context that eight players were tagged last year throughout the entire NFL. Four wound up signing long-term extensions, including Devontae Adams, who was first traded from the Packers to the Raiders, right? The other four guys, Bengals safety Jesse Bates III, Cowboys tight end Dalton Schultz, Chiefs offensive tackle Orlando Brown Jr., and Dolphins tight end Mike Kosicki all played the 2022 season on the tag, but only four. I highly recommend, listener, you check out Judy's NFL.com article on the eight candidates to watch in this year's franchise tag window. As it happens... I recommend anything Judy Batista puts her mind and her pen to. In her article, Judy suggests that this year's free agency may be less dynamic than in years past. Why? Because with the salary cap up to an astonishing $224.8 million, teams will have the latitude to keep more of their own players than ever before. I won't give away the bottom five players on Judy's list, but with MJ and David, we are about to talk about the first three. Lamar Jackson, Daniel Jones, and Saquon Barkley. Okay, guys, thank you for your patience. Let us begin with Action Jackson, Lamar Jackson, the most dynamic player in the NFL since Michael Vick, for my money, the former MVP, a man who, going back to 2019, ranks number one in rushing yards among quarterbacks, fourth in wins, seventh in offensive touchdowns, seventh in touchdowns-to-picks ratio, he is 11th in passer rating, which may give some of the naysayers the whole, see what I mean, data uh -huh. they need. But right, MJ, I said 11th, not 30th. He is his own agent. And we have heard that the player and the Ravens are a long way off from each other, far, far apart in their contract negotiation. MJ, I'm going to start with you. The fact that he is his own agent, the fact that they are so far off, is this a process problem or is this a player personnel problem? I think it's a, a, a bit of a combo of a lot of things. Um, I admire Lamar for going in there advocating for himself. No one can can advocate for you better than you, right? And you just read off the statistics and the eye test by itself tells us that Lamar deserves to be paid. I don't think there's a single person who covers this league, who is in this league that doesn't think that way, except actually, no, we know that the Ravens do want to pay him. It's just that they're not agreeing on a number here. Um, and that happens with guys who do have agents, by the way, right? Like that's why the negotiation period goes on sometimes for a bit. As someone who roots for Lamar, I so wish that he had an agent in there fighting this fight for him, right? So that he could focus on coming back from his injury, so he could focus just on his play. It's a lot to deal with. There's a lot of intricacies, not saying that he's not capable of it, I'm sure, that he is. But this has dragged on now for way too long, way too yes. long. And we know what his non-exclusive number is um, in terms of the fr franchise tag is 32.4, exclusive number being 45, which that one would make him tie for fifth highest paid QB in the league. So there are things to weigh here, um, but there's other intricacies about this contract, about the, the length of it, uh, concessions, guaranteed money. There's so many other factors that have to go in it. And David and I have talked about this a lot. Like, this is the point where you're like, yeah, I'll give somebody a cut to handle this for me. That's me. Me yeah. personally, Lamar yeah. feels differently. Yeah, no, for sure. I think you're absolutely right, MJ. And David, 
Lamar apparently wants $50 million a year. Now, as MJ just pointed out, the exclusive tender, the exclusive franchise tag would pay him $45 million this season. But that is a one-year deal. That is a bet-on-yourself kind of scenario. And with a guy who plays the game the way he plays the game, which, let's be honest, invites more contact, invites more trouble than most quarterbacks invite, uh, that is a risk that he probably doesn't want to take. I should think that's a risk the Ravens wouldn't want to take either. But Lamar wants that $50 million a year, reportedly. Now, yes, the yeah. Browns, I think we can say the Browns pretty much wrecked this for everybody. That right. is yeah. a mistake by the lake, right? But the assumption is that Lamar Jackson will be given the exclusive franchise tag to secure him for one year at $45 million. And as MJ pointed out, in this scenario, the Ravens would control his rights. That is not what Lamar is looking for. He may be hoping for the non-exclusive tag. MJ called that out as well. A lower number for the year, $32.4 million. But that would permit Jackson to negotiate with other clubs who could then secure his rights by surrendering two first round draft picks to Baltimore. All right, that's enough context. David, did the Ravens screw this up? Can they huh. fix what should the Ravens next move be? Yes. Uh, short answer, yes, they screwed it up. Second answer is more complicated, but I think that it's important because I might be in the minority here, but when I when I watch Lamar, I've watched quarterbacks my whole life and played the position. I've watched him since he was in high school. I saw a guy this year that was playing like a guy that was his own agent. And that's so terrible on so many levels. What do you mean by this? Well, he's in the room talking with the general manager and the front office guys about his contract. And then he has to go out on the field. And there, there are certain things that the agent can talk to teams about that the player should never hear. Hmm. And I think it's demoralizing to the player. I think baseball has run into this situation with some of the arbitration stuff. And I've talked to guys that have gone through that just on Major League Baseball level, and they said it's the worst thing you could ever go through. And Lamar's living that in real life. And when I watched him play this year, I saw a guy that was protecting himself. He's protecting his investment. We saw it at the end of the season. I think Lamar could have played. I believe that he believes he could have played. But He's also acting as his financial advisor, his business manager, and his as his agent. And he has to protect that $50 million a year. He has to protect everything that he's worked for to get to this point. The Ravens messed this up last year by not doing a deal. They could have easily, Drew, we talked about this the other day, Pat Mahomes deal. What does it look like right now? It's a bargain. It looks like it looks like a bargain, incredibly. Oh my goodness, right? And so why couldn't the Ravens have done something like this for an MVP player? for a guy like Lamar Jackson to set up the long-term for your team. So the Baltimore Ravens, they are Lamar Jackson. For me personally, when I see him, I see him as a Raven and he should be there for as long as he wants to play football, as long as he has that dynamic explosive ability and he throws the ball just, I mean, he throws it great. I mean, I, I know we talk about, you know, okay, maybe he's a runner first, but you know what? Yeah, that's great. But he's also a very effective passer. I honestly think Greg Roman's system it was a little bit more geared towards the run. So he just found himself in those situations more. I think what, what they're doing, bringing the Georgia OC, who's also been at other places that has had some success. I think that this offense is going to, it's going to take a, a step up as far as its effectiveness in the passing game. Man, Lamar Jackson makes so much sense to me. They need to find a way to, to figure this out. I, I'll put a little bit on Lamar because I just think that having gone through this now for a year or so, he's got, I got to feel like he's probably tired of it. He probably feels like he needs an agent, but at this point, it's almost like, well, what do I do now? Just bring someone in to finish the deal. So I, he's in a tough spot, man. 
I wish I could just get on the phone and call him and offer my services. I don't have the ability to do that though. Like yeah. I don't have the ability to walk into the room and, and make that deal happen for him. There are people out there that can do that. I just feel like it's, it's almost that time because you can make a very team friendly deal that maybe right now you're like, wait, eight years, 400. Yes. Okay. So it'll, it'll be a little bit shocking, but I, I guarantee that over the long haul, the Ravens will be happier. You'll get a, you'll get the best version of Lamar Jackson because right now you have a disinterested Lamar Jackson, a guy that can't play at the level that he is accustomed to playing at. He's played reckless. He's played aggressive. He doesn't slide. Like he makes dynamic plays and he's been really effective at doing that. But to take that away from him, I see it in his play. And that's a that's a disservice to him and the team. You know, David, you actually said in your description just now the word guarantee twice. And I feel like that may be a real sticking point no matter where he goes, whether it's staying in Baltimore or go somewhere else eventually, either this year or after yeah. this year, a guaranteed, a fully guaranteed contract, which the Browns did in fact give to Deshaun Watson, that kind of reset the bar. And it set it so high that it is making things very, very difficult. I can totally That's understand right. where Lamar Jackson is coming from. He looks at his own resume. He looks at his own body of work. He looks at the fact that he doesn't have off-field issues, certainly when That's compared right. to a Deshaun Watson. And yet that cat gets all that money guaranteed, please pay me what I'm worth. I know my valuation, pay me. David, I'm I'm interested to hear of uh, something that you said with regards to a player representing himself. MJ, you brought that point into the room. When you say that there are things that are said between front offices and agents that the player should never hear, do I get a sense that it really does get personal? That the person, the person is, it, it becomes about a stat page. It becomes about what this thing can do, not about what this man is. Yeah, it's it's a terrible situation, especially for your quarterback. So Harbaugh is I, I thought I thought for a long time that Harbaugh has done a, an excellent job of uh, he understands the questions, right? He understands that Lamar does things a little bit differently. And he's always been the first guy to go to bat for him, right? And that's fantastic. If you're a, if you're a quarterback and you know that the head coach has your back and your style of play is perfectly tuned for what they want to do and the organization is going to move forward, then you feel like you have the world at your feet. You can do whatever you need to do to play good football. But what I have seen over the last year is him being in those rooms. There are things said probably from the general manager, probably not from Harbaugh. I'm sure he's smart enough to remove himself from that conversation. But I, I, I guarantee those numbers, like your passing numbers aren't top 10. They're not top five. They're not whatever they are, right? Those, are, those conversations have come up. They've said that directly to Lamar. And now there's the feeling of, wait, am I not your guy or am I your guy? Are we moving forward? Or do you want someone else? Or do you want a different version of me? You know, so now you have this pushback and this like friction that should never, that should never be there. Right. And so that's, that's my concern is now Lamar's, he's looking out for Lamar, you know, and, and I saw that in his play. I saw that towards the end of the season and who knows what his health status was. I'm just, I mean, who knows what it was, but I like to think that based on, you know, how I know that guy and as a competitor, I guarantee he wanted to be out there, but there's something else that's keeping him from being there. I have to feel like it's some of those contract negotiations. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right. I mean, MJ introduced the eye test to this conversation. And according to you, David Carr, your eye test, he failed your eye test a little bit because he seems to be making adjustments in order to protect himself. And guys, based right. on what we're talking about, that makes perfect sense. MJ, the last word on this goes to you. My question is this. I think David is absolutely right. When I think of the Ravens, 
I can only think of two things now. I think of Lamar Jackson first and foremost. And then, of course, I think of the best kicker in the game, the best kicker mm -hmm. I've ever seen. But that's what I think of. Now, we used to think of a dominant defense. We used to think of a rushing attack that was, you know, just would matriculate the ball down the field, always going forward on fourth down, always getting 100 plus yards for that NFL record, you know, stretch of time, an extraordinary kind of diversification of that offense, running it, a lot of tight end play. That's how I used to define the, the Ravens. Now I define the Ravens with Lamar Jackson and Justin Tucker. MJ, do the Ravens need Lamar Jackson more than Lamar Jackson needs the Ravens? I think that the Ravens need Lamar more, especially given the quarterback market right now and how many teams are in need of a quarterback. Now, when you get into the cap hit and how much money each team has and what's left over, that's a different story entirely. But in terms of need, at this point, the Ravens and Lamar Jackson are synonymous. They're tethered to one another. But a contract and an offer from somebody else is a quick snip <laughs> of that rope between the two of them. So I, I would say for me, unless the Ravens are willing to go into sort of like a rebuild, entire rebuild situation, you don't want to start with the most important position on the field when you have the guy in the building. That wouldn't make sense to me. No, it wouldn't. And you know what? I lied. I do want to ask you guys both one more question. Very quick answers. Maybe one word answer will be all that is required. If the Baltimore Ravens tag Lamar Jackson with the exclusive tender, $45 million a year, MJ, if you're advising him, if you are his agent, if you are his friend, if you are a family member, are you telling Lamar Jackson to play on that tag or not to play? I mean, I think he plays regardless because he just loves the game that much and he knows what he brings to the table. Um, like you said, that's a bet on yourself situation. It's a short term deal. You're going to get good money. But then what? Then we're back where we started. So David know. Carr, it's you said that you didn't have the skills to represent him. But in this moment, we're going to we're going to go ahead and give you the license you need. It's framed. It's on the wall of your office now. Uh, <laughs> Lamar Jackson, if you're if he's your client, are you advising him to play on the franchise tag or to sit out? I, I really appreciate MJ's belief in Lamar, and I have the same belief that he would go out there and play great football, but I would advise him not to go. I, I think that, that that time has passed, and that that is the situation that I saw play out last year. You're in the midst of contract negotiations. You're back and forth. You're in the same scenario now in the offseason. You're going to be in the same boat you are in right now that you will be in 365 days. So for me, I, I just say – no, we're not. We're not doing it. We're going to have to make something happen. Listener, the translation is obvious. MJ Acosta Ruiz is a team player. David Carr is not. <laughs> you are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. Andrew Levy with the former number one overall pick, David Carr, and the host of NFL Total Access, the broadcast and the L Huddle podcast. MJ Acosta Ruiz. Okay, guys, same topic, new team, new players. The topic, of course, is the franchise tag. That window opened today, will remain open until March 7th. The team, the one with whom David Carr won his Super Bowl ring, the New York Giants. The players, Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. The question, who gets the tag and why? MJ, if you're giving out the tag and you can only give it to one of those two players, who gets it and why? Uh, if, if it's an issue of, because this isn't as simple as like black and white, because I think what it comes down to is like, who are you tagging just for now? And who are you going to negotiate a long-term deal with to be your guy to stay uh, there? Yes, there's the rub. 
right? And for me, the latter would be Saquon. I'm going to want to keep him there as long as possible, make sure that he's happy, make sure that he gets paid, all of those things. I would put the tag on, on DJ. You put the tag on DJ. You make a priority of signing Saquon Barkley, number 26, mm-hmm. to a long-term right. deal. David Carr, I get a sense from you that your answer is the exact opposite. Am I right? You are right, Drew. I, <laughs> I also value Saquon Barkley highly in this offense. I think he does a lot. I mean, he does more than probably any other back in the league for their team. No question. And, but having said that, as I look at as I look at the landscape of the NFL, unfortunately, I think the high-paid running back era is over. And that that is, it's kind of frustrating to me because I I'm I'm a little upset that we let it get to this point because outside of the interior offense and defensive linemen, no one gives more of themselves from a physical standpoint. And no one has a small, like a smaller window of playing at a high level than running backs. And I think they get shortchanged. It's kind of frustrating, but I don't know that there's anything we can do about it. So in this world that we live in, I would expect them to tag Saquon and then extend Daniel, much like the scenario we've talked about with Pat Mahomes, with, you know, with Lamar Jackson, what he should be getting. I would do a long-term deal with Daniel and make it what? team friendly, but also give him the, the guaranteed money that he that he probably deserves up front. It's not ideal because I think obviously Saquon has been more valuable to this team than Daniel. And Daniel had a great year last year, but I think that's just the world we live in, man. Like that's that's where we are. That's where we are. We saw what Brian Dayball was able to do with Josh Allen. Now, in in a conversation like this, coaches tend to get too much credit, and that probably raises an eyebrow in you, David, as a former NFL quarterback. But we did see Brian Dayball highly effective with Josh Allen. We saw Brian Dayball come to New York and lead Daniel Jones to his best season as a pro. 3,200 yards, 15 touchdowns, only five picks, a passer rating of 92.5, all of those numbers highest. Well, that's not true. He actually had more touchdowns when he was a rookie, but far fewer interceptions, a much more efficient player. We saw Daniel Jones become this season. Are you saying what you're saying because you believe that that trajectory under Brian Dayball's stewardship is going in the right direction. And he is in fact, a face of the franchise guy for this franchise. This is not some run of the mill franchise. This is number one market, all the eyes of the world on you, all of the, the, you know, the split tongues of the New York press on you at all times. They're all slithering, yeah. they, right? They all speak in parcel tongue, yeah. right? They've got the devil within yeah. them, just like I do, just like I do. So my question is this, yeah. he is a face of the franchise future guy. He's the long-term answer for the Giants, Daniel Jones. Yeah, I, I believe so. I've I've believed in Daniel for a while. I, I know that there probably is some other reasons behind just watching him play. <laughs> it's probably because he wears the same number I wore with the team yeah. that I happened to be on when we won the Super Bowl. So like that, that bias obviously given. I really think that what Brian is able to do with his ability to run the football, with Daniel's ability to run the ball, I think he unlocked that. I, we, we've begged for it for the last couple of years with the Giants for someone, Jason Garrett, anybody to utilize that skill. And they've done that. And they've also they've also taken away the takeaways, like the turnovers. Like that's that was the one thing coming into the season. It was like, Daniel, just don't turn it over. You make enough positive plays. Let's utilize the legs. Let's take the turnovers away. And that's exactly what we saw happen. So not only is is he on the right trajectory, we saw everything that we wanted to see in year one. And that's hard to do. You know, um, Brian's a brilliant coach. I think he instilled a, a physicalness 
physicality to that team, which is brilliant. It's great. It comes with the scheme, which is just icing on the cake. Daniel's going to be your guy as as long as I mean, as as far out as you can see, I I believe, and he's only going to get better. So you got a good young quarterback. Sign him to a team friendly deal. I mean, I know he's asking for $45 million. I mean, maybe he gets something like that, but I think that you can structure it in a way that it's, it's, you're able to put some good components around him, some good players around him, and he's only going to get better. So, yeah, I think, I think I've seen enough from Daniel. Sign the man. MJ, you are famously a Miami Dolphins fan. However, you live in a Giants fandom world as well. Your husband, David, is a Giants fan. Do you mind sharing with me what the tenor inside the home is on Giants Sundays, Mondays, <laughs> and Thursdays? Does your David agree with this David that Daniel Jones is the future and the face of this franchise? I can hear him as as our David, David Carr, is talking. I can almost hear my husband shouting things that are appropriate for the podcast <laughs> in response. Um, look, I, I love it. It's 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 a lot, and I think that comes from for him. And when I evaluate Daniel Jones from the collective of what we've seen from him in this league, yes, this past season, tremendous jump, huge. Thing, but that one season for me is not enough based on the entire collective body of work that we saw from Daniel Jones. I don't think that he's a forty-five million dollar a year quarterback. I don't. I think there are several other quarterbacks out there looking for a position, looking for a contract, um, who have outplayed Daniel Jones in almost every metric to get to that number, to get to being the franchise guy. I, there, I have trust issues, as you guys know. I just don't believe <laughs> him fully <laughs> um, based on, on one season under Dayball. I just don't. Very interesting. Translation listener, David Carr back on top. He's now Gryffindor. MJ Acosta-Ruiz <laughs> suddenly slithering. <laughs> You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant. Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh 
refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her. Each in women's petite and plus sizes. And Stafford and Mutual Weave for him. Style and comfort for all. Even big and tall. Plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney. Make everybody count. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. Andrew Lady with MJ Acosta Ruiz and David Carr. Now, David, I would not be doing my job if I don't ask the following question. Forgive me in advance. What can you share with us on the latest news regarding the future of Derek Carr? He has visited with and is therefore linked to the Saints and the Jets. A lot of talk coming out of Panthers camp today because Frank Reich was asked about Derek Carr and he did a bit of a dance around that talk saying that they are just beginning the process without revealing anything you're not allowed to reveal. Where is Derek's head right now? Where are we in the process? Are we closer to making a decision than we were a week ago? Yeah, absolutely. He had two good trips. And like I said uh, last week, you know, he, he hasn't really had anything else other than some time spent sitting in the Giants locker room when he was in his early teens listening to Tom, Tom Coughlin. He has no other situation to compare to the Raiders situation, right? Until he took a trip to New Orleans, until he was able to speak with the Jets. He has a couple other meetings set up that are coming up this week that are going to be on the phone, on Zoom. He just wants to get to know some of these other teams and how they tick and what their plan is, you know, with salary cap, with do, are these teams really interested in winning a Super Bowl? Are they just interested in, you know, winning their division or, you know, trying to put a team together so the coach doesn't get fired? Like you can you can gleam a lot of information from long, drawn out conversations with guys and with teams. And that's what he's doing right now, because this is a very unique situation for him. And he is trying to make the best decision he can from a football standpoint, but also from his family standpoint. And it's a lot, man. Like, I'll just be honest with you. I I was on the phone with him for three hours last night, just trying to walk through the different conversations that he's had, you know, trying to just lean on some of the, you know, situations that I've been in, other guys that I know have been in, some of the people that he's talking to, like, what are they all about? What are they really about? Are they really? Because Derek, at the the heart of it, I will tell you 100%, this guy would play for free if he could win a Super Bowl, that's it. I know the contract is what it is. And a lot of times people say that, you know, and the money that they're going to offer it, obviously you want to be compensated. And honestly, that, that level of compensation, it equals their commitment to you a lot of times, you know, so that that's important. The numbers are important because that tells you, you know, what, what their thought process is. But when I tell you that he would play for nothing to be able to go, go play and win a Super Bowl, have a chance to do that. That's all he's ever cared about. You know, this guy, this guy is not afraid to walk away from the game. You know, I, I know I've known him my, my whole life. He loves the he loves the game, but he loves his family. He's very strong spiritually. He has other things in line to do that. So his focus, his sole focus is every conversation that he has with these teams and these guys, they better be on it. Like they better have the answers because he's not going in there being interviewed. He's interviewing. And that's like that's the best advice I can give any of these teams that he's talking to is. Make sure you have your ducks in a row, man, because he'll he'll find the smallest crack. And I will say this, like based on the conversations he's had, the Jets were great. Saints were great. Obviously, MJ knows Robert Sala. Like he's fantastic. I told Derek, I said, you're going to love the guy, man. That's like there's that's you're going to love him. And and that's exactly what he said. He's like, Robert, I have no question about Robert. 
and, and they had a great conversation. His questions are with like, the, uh, as you would expect, how is Nathaniel Hackett and Todd Downing? What are, what are you guys doing? Like, what's what's the thought process? How do I get to the line of scrimmage? Are we going to be able to be multiple? Are, what is your plan with, you know, with this guy, with Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall? Like, he has those questions. He, he wants to know what's happening in this, with the Saints. Tell me about Olave. Tell me about, you know, he just rips through the entire roster defensively. Like, his, I've, I've heard comments from him like, I don't think this team can stop this, the, the Chiefs. I don't think this team can stop so-and-so and, and not, not those specific teams, but other teams. Right. So that's, he's looking at it from, from that aspect. So it's a, it's a involved process, man. So, but I do think we're closer. I really think there's probably five or six teams that legitimately have, have the chops to, to be able to acquire his services. And I think that he would love to play for any of those teams. So as, as it narrows, as that focus narrows, those questions are going to get harder and, and they're going to have to have answers for him. So it's going to be fun, man, but it, it, it might be a little bit longer than, than we expected. But the nice thing is they got a little bit of a jump start on everybody, you know, so he's going to have a pretty good plan in place before they even get close to free agency. I love this, MJ. I know you do, too. You're smiling because this this shoe on the other foot, the tables turned, whatever metaphor works for you. The fact that Derek Carr is now in the position of interviewer, not interviewee. And honestly, MJ, I don't know what you feel about this, but I would love it for somebody that was talked about earlier on this podcast, Lamar Jackson, to be able to feel what Derek is feeling right now and to go and interview offenses, right? Go and interview the coaches and the front office and say, okay, you've seen what I can do. What can you do for me? That's the situation that if certainly if he's going to represent himself, man, I would love for him to have that opportunity. We may have to wait 12 months on that one for Lamar Jackson. David, thank you so much for sharing what you've shared. We interrupt this podcast for a Hot Take Tuesday, the hot take courtesy of David Carr and MJ Acosta-Ruiz. Now, David Carr says that the Chicago Bears will likely not trade down from the number one overall pick, but instead they will keep that number one overall pick and use that number one overall pick. I'm not going to ask you who they will use it on. I merely will ask you, David, why are they holding on to the number one overall pick? What does that say about the relationship with one Justin Fields? It's complicated, man. (laughs) As you know, this game is complicated. And it's it's a scenario where I think the number one reason is let's just look at Justin's body of work just last year. Okay, let's just look at it from when he started playing. Okay, he has 140 sacks or turnovers. And I'm not being negative. I'm just telling you what the what the facts are. Right. And he's gotten a lot better. He's played better football, especially this year. He did some of the most dynamic things that you'll ever see on the football field. The kid is yes, truly did. incredible. And and on top of that, he's not just a runner. I know people say, oh, he's just a runner. He ran for whatever, 1,300 yards. Forget that. He makes some incredible throws down the field also. I will say this, knowing teams like I do, these general managers and head coaches, neither one of those guys drafted Justin. And Matt Eberflus is a defensive guy. And if I know those guys like I do – they want a guy that's not going to turn the ball over, that's going to get them in position to let his defense do their thing. They won three games last year, and by all accounts, Justin had a great season. So when you look at that, and I'm just playing devil's advocate. I, I believe Justin's a franchise quarterback, and he'll be a franchise quarterback for someone. It might be the Bears. But when I look at their situation, they just have to from a business standpoint. And maybe it's just this is the Bears being the Bears. And they're going to screw something up. They finally have something nice. They got a great quarterback. You got a good young talent put some guys around him. Let's see if we can do anything. They might just mess this whole thing up by doing what I'm explaining, but I really think they're going to do it, man, because now that I'm in this world, (laughs) thrust into this free agent quarterback world, I hear things and I hear a lot of noise 
about the possibility of Justin Fields being traded. And a lot of people are interested. As you can imagine, there are, I mean, the entire NFC South should be interested. And I think they are. That's just one division. So if you talk about a good young quarterback that you didn't draft that, and, and you want to go a different direction, fine. That's what, okay, that's, you're the general manager, you're the head coach. That's your prerogative. You can make the decision that you want to make. Now you don't have to be praised for it. And the Bears fans might hate you forever, but you can do what you need to do. And I think that they're actually, they're considering it. And not only I think they're considering, I think they're actually actively trying to make that happen. They'll target, and that's why they're keeping the first pick right now. They haven't gotten an offer that wows them. And they're targeting an, another quarterback, a young quarterback, that they can get five years out of at a, at a fairly inexpensive rate to build a team around. Because like I said, they had three wins last year, and their quarterback had a great season. So I think that they're just trying to buy themselves time, unfortunately. And Justin's going to – I think that's the hard thing, that when we get caught up in trade talk sometimes – it's like it's a negative thing. And I understand that you, know, you got a good quarterback, why trade him? But I think that he can be a positive somewhere else. Like he can, he can do exactly what he's intended to do at another location that actually believes in him, that actually wants to secure his rights, that will give up picks for him, that'll build a system around him. I don't think that the Chicago Bears are fully invested with this staff in doing that. So I think they're going to go a different route if that, op if that opportunity presents itself. Wow, MJ, you say it all the time. This is why we can't have nice things. You usually say it with, you know, <laughs> with tongue in cheek and with a little bit of an eye roll. But you talked to Justin Fields uh, the week of the Super Bowl, I recall. Where does your mind go when you hear this scenario painted by David Carr? No, I was already impressed with Justin Fields, just despite what's around him or lack thereof in Chicago, the way that he has played, the way that he has stayed sort of poised amidst all of the noise, amidst all of the changes around him in Chicago and meeting him in person and speaking with him one-on-one. -on -one, um, he is probably one of the most polished people I've met and not in a contrived way. Like he was so easygoing and, and sort of saw the bigger picture, right? Like he's very mature despite how young he is in this league, um, which was a breath of fresh air especially when you know how damn talented he is and what he's capable of if put in the right position. Drew, you were there when we asked him, like, okay, well, wait a minute, but what does Justin Fields like to do when he's not on the field? No pun intended. And he said, oh, I like to travel. Was that his way of telling us that perhaps he's on the field? Uh, <laughs> Maybe yeah, I'm looking too far. I see what you're doing here. I see what you're doing here, a little across nice. four. I will say this, though. I will okay. say this. Translation for what MJ is saying, listener, I think is this is that based on what she knows about him, and she has talked to him on several occasions now, if the Chicago Bears do not appreciate the value hmm. of Justin Fields, I'll tell you who does appreciate the value of Justin Fields. Justin Fields knows exactly yeah. what his value is. He's going to be fine no matter where he ends up. Very yeah. interesting. That's Two right. more quick hot takes. Aaron Rodgers, does he move? Does he retire? Or does he stay in Green Bay? MJ, first shot at it. I think he stays in his incubation um, pod. Um, <laughs> to just try to figure this out. <laughs> he stays, according to MJ Davis. Does out. he move? Does he Never. retire, or does he stay? He doesn't play for Green Bay. Wow! And he either retires or he renegotiates his contract to make it more team friendly for an AFC team. That's my. That's my. For uh, an AFC team, an AFC wow. team that yes. you had recent connections to. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's very likely. I mean, obviously Devontae is there. The interesting thing with the Raiders now that I don't have to worry about being 
you know, seen as a homer. I can just tell you exactly what I think that they're going to do. I think that that's a difficult situation for Josh McDaniels. I think Josh would like someone he can control a little bit more at the quarterback position. And if he thought Derek was hard to deal with, he's not going to want to deal with Aaron. So I think that that's, that's a difficult conversation they're having. I know, I know Devontae would love to have him clearly. Uh, It would be great for the Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, but I think that they're, there's an issue there because if he comes in making $50 million, they have seven or eight holes they have to fill. They can't fill it, you know? So he's going to have to renegotiate that contract, make it more team friendly so they can fill some of those, some of those holes to give him a shot at, at trying to win a Super Bowl. As I know that's what he wants to do. Contract renegotiator taking less so that the team can improve around him uh, being selfless. Honestly, I don't mean to <laughs> disparage the young man, but these are not, phrases and words that we typically associate with Aaron Rodgers, but who knows what a few days in the dark can do to a man's spirit. We will find out what comes on the other side of that last question with regards to Lamar. We talked about him earlier. What's the hot take on this MJ? Does he stay in Baltimore or does this man move out of Baltimore? I get the sense, despite what we want for him, I get the sense that Lamar is going to stay in Baltimore. Like they're going to figure out a way to, to, to keep him there at minimum one more year. Um, I think Harbaugh truly does love the man, loves the player. Yeah. Well, David, you get the last word on this. I mean, you've already advised him as his de facto yeah. uh, counselor and agent to sit out yeah. on the franchise tag. So really, w- this is not a front office that's interested in talking to you, but we'll give you one more turn on the microphone, <laughs> sir. Lamar, does he stay in Baltimore or does he get out of town. Yeah, I agree with MJ. I actually think they figure out a way to keep him. Um, it wouldn't be what I would be, what I would advise to Lamar, but I think that they're going to find a way to keep him at least one more year if they, and maybe it's on the promise that they'll work a long-term deal as he's playing under some version of the franchise tag. I don't love it. If I was his agent, I would advise him against that. I'd love to see him playing for a team that appreciates his value and would pay him the appropriate amount. And so he can play freely. And so we can get back to living vicariously through him juking out defenders and just dropping bombs on people. I love watching him play when he's playing free and playing in, you know, in his natural state. I just don't know if we'll see that again with Baltimore, but I, I love to be proven wrong. So I would, I would hope, I hope he does well, no matter what. Translation listener, David Carr, good at talking out both sides of his mouth. <laughs> You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant. Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. 
At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first like worthington and liz claiborne for her each in women's petite and plus sizes and stafford and mutual weave for him style and comfort for all even big and tall plus even more for the whole family like levi's and exertion here spring comes in all shapes sizes and colors jc penny make everybody count The next topic, scouting season with the HBCU Combine happening as we speak on the practice fields of the Saints. The HBCU Legacy Bowl coming up on Saturday exclusively on NFL Network and NFL Plus. And the NFL Scouting Combine set to begin on the 28th of this month. All eyes are on the future stars of the NFL. I want David Carr to talk about combine quarterbacks, whether those quarterbacks are in New Orleans or in Indianapolis. He has a pre-workout pep talk for these young men as they try to turn the heads of NFL scouts. We hear every year about players passing the eye test. Well, it's about time that we found out what does that really mean? What is the eye test? What do NFL scouts need to see? Is it perfect passes that never hit the ground? The answer couldn't be further from yes. David Carr, the mic is yours. The ultimate thing that you want to do as you go out there is you want to play with confidence. You want to let it rip. You want to throw it in the right spot. It's an old putting analogy, right? Miss on the pro side. You want to miss it on the high side. So it's the same thing with quarterbacks. When you're throwing the speed outs, you're throwing the deep comebacks, throw it to the correct side, miss on the sideline. Offensive coordinators that are sitting up in the stands don't want to envision you throwing a pick six your first start out. So there's just things that they want to see from a ball placement standpoint, velocity standpoint, throw the deep balls high, let your let your wide receivers that you have no idea what they run, let them go get the football. It doesn't matter if you miss a couple. You just got to look confident, look like you know what you're doing. Competitiveness, something else. Oh, man, big-time competitiveness, yeah. absolutely. Sure they see that edge. For that- sure. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. I am your host, NFL Network senior writer, Andrew Levy. And we turn now to the latest mock draft of Daniel Jeremiah, our in-house draft expert, former NFL scout, his 2.0 2023 NFL mock draft. I'm going to give you the top 10 and invite you to check out the rest of Daniel Jeremiah's 2.0 at (laughs) NFL.com. With the number one overall pick, In the 2023 NFL Draft, Chicago Bears keep their draft pick and use it to select Georgia defensive tackle Jalen Carter. Now, full disclosure here, guys, Daniel Jeremiah is not projecting trades this early in the offseason. He may get to that at a later date. But for now, he sees the Bears, if they keep that pick, using it on a guy that he says should be the number one overall pick, Jalen Carter, out of Georgia. Number two, the Houston Texans. Who do they select? Alabama quarterback Bryce Young. With the third pick, the Arizona Cardinals go to the defensive side of the ball, take edge rusher out of Texas Tech, Tyree Wilson. 
with the fourth overall pick, the Indianapolis Colts, also thinking quarterback, also thinking long-term answer to a short-term question. What is the answer? It's C.J. Stroud from Ohio State, only a sophomore declaring for the draft, a young man with a big future. The fifth pick in the draft belongs to the Seattle Seahawks. Thank you, Denver Broncos. Who do they select with the fifth overall pick? Will Anderson Jr., the edge rusher out of Alabama. A lot of people believe that Will Anderson Jr. may be the best player in this draft. With the sixth pick, according to Daniel Jeremiah, the Detroit Lions via the Rams, thank you, LA, select Miles Murphy out of Clemson, the Clemson Tiger edge rusher. Miles Murphy goes sixth to the Lions. With the seventh pick, the Las Vegas Raiders do not listen to David Carr. They have not acquired Aaron Rodgers. They, in fact, select Will Levis, the Kentucky quarterback, Will Levis, with the seventh overall pick. If you're scoring at home, and I know you are, that means three quarterbacks are now off the board, according to Daniel Jeremiah's 2.0 mock draft. The eighth pick, the Atlanta Falcons take edge rusher out of Iowa, Lucas Van Ness. The ninth pick, the Carolina Panthers take the offensive lineman out of Northwestern, Peter Skaronski. With the 10th pick, the Philadelphia Eagles, who have the 10th pick because of their trade with the Saints. The Saints, of course, used that pick to get Chris Olave. Now the Eagles are sitting here at 10, and with it, Daniel Jeremiah sees them take Devin Witherspoon, the cornerback out of Illinois. There's your top 10 on Daniel Jeremiah's Mock Draft 2.0. For the rest of the first round, I invite you to go to NFL.com to check out Daniel's latest Mock Draft. I want to thank today's very special guests, MJ Acosta-Ruiz and David Carr. And I want to invite you to return all this week and next week for scouting combine preview. We will get you acquainted with players that you have not heard of perhaps, but that you need to be aware of as they take the field in Indianapolis to turn the heads of NFL scouts and to put themselves on the NFL radar. That's all this week and next. Till next time, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody. 
and every body. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the wind down tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. 